This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, what's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Hope everyone's well. Tom Davis here, host of the No Bad Dogs podcast. This is a great podcast with a couple that's working with a newly a new dog that they adopted and he's, um, or I'm sorry, she was really, really friendly with dogs and then all of a sudden started to not be. So we're talking about how to reduce the stress of them as dog owners, how to reduce the frustration of going out, the things they should or shouldn't be doing and a lot of other things in between. It's a really good conversation. I say things, this is one of those podcasts where I'm kind of like saying things and I'm like, wow, where'd that come from? There's a lot of good little nuggets in here, um, like like sound bites of, of putting things into, as you guys know, analogies. I'm really big into that to make sense, to help you guys understand it and to digest it a little bit more so you can chew on it and go, oh yeah, that makes more sense. So it's good. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm doing a fun giveaway in the members club where I'm flying to somebody's, I'm flying to a member's club's house absolutely for free and training their dog and spending the day with them. If your dog is, even if your dog doesn't have any problems, we're going to train, we're going to have fun. Um, it's going to be cool. I'm really excited. We're going to document the whole thing. It's going to be really cool. If you guys are interested in joining, it's absolutely really easy to do. All you have to do is click the link in the description below and join the all access tier of the No Bad Dog Members Club. And of course, in the club, you guys get unreleased footage. You get the pro team uh, where we answer your questions. I go live once a week. It's really fun. So not only do you get an opportunity to potentially have me fly to you and train your dog for free at your house, but it's also just a really cool thing to support the No Bad Dog Army and help support what we're doing in the movement. And of course, you get a bunch of really cool kickbacks throughout the month of education and training and very exclusive stuff that you don't get anywhere else. Click the link below. I am completely caught up with all my questions. If you guys want me to answer your specific dog training questions, all you guys have to do is head over to the iTunes review chart, leave a review, and leave your question in the review. And I'll answer it next podcast at the end. Like I really kind of want to play because you can see where she's, she's, she wants to be playful. She wants to hang. She wants to do these things, but she's just unsure how. It's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. It's like if you want to go into your... I don't know. It's like it's social things too, right? With humans where we like want to go do something. We want to go say something to somebody. We want to go talk to our neighbor, but maybe we're like, oh man, I just, I don't have enough. Con- I don't know. You know, it's just the same thing. So that, that, that could be things that she's dealing with. And then if you guys on the other end are holding her back and restricting her and she's, and you got to think of her upbringing. Cause she's, you know, like 
the things that maybe she went through before if she wasn't least trained, um, if she wasn't used to being held back. A lot of like feral dogs or dogs who have been living on the streets or dogs who have just really had no structure um, aren't used to being stopped. So when she's like, there's a dog, I must go investigate. And that doesn't necessarily mean running up to the dog. It's just simply getting close enough where the dog can maybe see the dog, smell the dog, watch the dog's behavior, try to figure out what the dog's intentions are, and then go away. These are things that the dog may be used to, you know, for a year and change of like, this is what I do. And then you guys are holding the dog back now, which is a common case of leash reactivity where the dog is frustrated and vulnerable. So they're reacting. Um, it's kind of like a kid wanting, uh, something and then you're like, you can't have it. And then they scream and kick and cry. And they're like, they're frustrated because they want it and they can't have it. So sometimes dogs will, will do that. But so that, that could be it. Um, that could be a situation where we're getting this frustration. Um, we're getting this vulnerability. We're, we're getting this insecurity and, um, it's, I, I want to say it's common, you know, it, it does happen. It's just frustrating for you guys and, uh, a bit discouraging for you guys because you saw a behavior that you really liked and you're like, Oh great. She's good with dogs. We can go to the park and now you're starting to see some changes in behavior. Um, so, so some of those experiences that you had because holding her back is something she wasn't used to. And maybe she wasn't used to dogs running up into her face and maybe she wasn't used to dogs getting into her space and, and now maybe the, so my point is, is maybe the experience she had where a, the first time experiences maybe, right. Do you guys, you guys know her history? No. Okay. So it could be the first time that she's ever really been exposed to pets. So when we yeah. talk about like dogs, I mean, we get rescue dogs, we get feral dogs, we get abused dogs, we get dogs that live in the streets in Puerto Rico, dogs that live in the streets in Mexico. I mean, they're just from all over. Right. And if we don't really know their background, I mean, this could be the first experience really with another pet dog. And what I mean by that is, is there's certain locations in, in our, in the United States and in other countries that, uh, there's not, they're not really pets. They're just all street dogs and, and they don't really have these social things that, that, uh, maybe pets do in the United States where they're playing like a play date or the dog park. Like that's not a thing that they do. So you could just also be seeing a dog that hasn't been exposed to the nuances of what air quotes, what normal people, not normal people, but the average dog person would say socialization. I wouldn't call it socialization. I think it's more of just a, it's, it, it, it can become a, anyway. So there's that to aspect of it is it could just be these first experiences with the dog where you guys were like, you know, maybe she's like, oh, this is great. And then as her experience is kind of, you know, continued, that's why dog parks are, are, are a bit challenging for some dogs because it's very overwhelming. Um, it's very um, unregulated to some degree, you know. So if you get, if you do get a dog that maybe hasn't had experiences with having um, these social opportunities or social encounters, and then you throw them in a dog park with 30 to you know, whatever, or seven to a hundred dogs, whatever the spectrum is, it could be very overwhelming. So at first she may be like, Oh, one dog, this is cool. Two dog. Oh, this is cool. And you guys, Oh, this is great. And then as you continue to kind of push her into these environments, it may be too much for her. And she's like, I don't really like this as much. And then you guys are noticing her behavior to start to change. So that's just an, an interesting aspect that could be happening too. Okay. 
So how, like, I mean, I've been watching your videos and I understand like the foundation that needs to be made mm -hmm. um, to build a relationship and, and get the engagement for her to listen to me while she's on the leash so I can help redirect her and, and correct her and all that stuff. But I can't, I can't get it from her. <laughs> like, yeah, well, that, you know. Her to look at me when she's walking like all those dogs do at the end of your video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's all, you know, that's, that's a different, that's kind of like a different, um, ball game, which we can talk about, but that's like training, uh, you know, just, just basic training that we can talk about. But as far as like the, um, so that's something, so they kind of merge together and blend together right. that if you do have a dog and, and just to, I guess, wrap up the, the, the dog interactions and the issues that you're having or concerns you're having with that. It's, it's normal for dogs not to, you know, they can be the friendliest dog and happiest and nicest dog, but that doesn't mean that they're going to still do really well at a dog park or really well with every single dog that comes up to them. And I think, I think a lot of dog owners have the misconception that if your dog at home is the sweetest, nicest thing. And to the dogs that this dog knows well, or this dog that lives with other dogs are good. That doesn't automatically copy and paste to every dog situation. And I think dog owners get kind of alarmed by that, or they think something's wrong where if you have a dog that is historically like the friendliest thing ever and is typically pretty good with dogs. And then all of a sudden they're not that, 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 you know, that's normal. And I think that that's fair for an animal of like, I don't like every dog and I don't like every dog under every situation. So again, like if you unclip the leash and she runs and she's at a park and she's th playing with three buddies and then you leash her up and she's exhausted and her tongue, her tongue's hanging out the, her mouth and she's on the leash and you're heading back home and then another dog comes up to play and you're like, Oh no, she's fine. And she snaps and you're like, Holy crap. What just happened? This is crazy. I've never seen that. But we have to like really start to consider the dog's kind of emotions at that point of like, well, how would you feel <laughs> after doing all of that? And then that happening, cause it's kind of rude. A lot of dogs are rude. We're creating rude situations. We're creating rude dogs where, um, you know, dogs are just let loose and they're just running up to every single dog they see. And then they're in their face and they're snipping at them and they're sniffing them and they're licking their face. And then the dogs are like, Whoa, who the hell are you? And I think it's just unrealistic for us to, to have these expectations of that should be okay for dogs. And, and to me, knowing dog behavior and studying it and living it, um, I, I don't think that that's realistic expectations. So, okay, we'll kind of close that case, I guess, and move on to the, the training that you want to talk about. So as far as, sorry, what's that? Um, sorry. Um, yeah. so while she's on the leash and we're walking and there's mm -hmm. dogs playing by, I mean, like, we've just we've just been avoiding them um mm -hmm. uh but like all the dogs that she used to say hi to on the street um should we still try to let her say hi or just totally avoid them until we have her kind of more under control well mm -hmm. give me a situation give me like context like exactly like the dogs that live in our building mm -hmm. um that she's been seeing um since we first got her um they're all kind of around the same age as her as well, and they're all adopted as well. So they, mm -hmm. it's kind of cool. Anyways, they would say hi, and now, um, now should just like, they're those dogs are being trained to lay down when a dog approaches them. So they're laying down, and then my, our dog Mahina, she goes up to them, 
and she'll like put her face in their face and like and I'm like oh cool it's okay and then like two seconds later she'll start growling and then and then I'll you know try to redirect her mm-hmm. um, and then um, and then she'll snap and yeah. and it's definitely when when she feels us popping her back yeah yeah, well, that, yeah that's yeah that's a that's a that that can become a, a detonation you know for a lot of dogs is they're they're kind of sitting there and they're and especially if you get like also like un see that's a th- so and, and just in my opinion when you're like i i would i would um consider that type of behavior for a new dog to meet um weird yeah you know like if 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 you put a and then not in your case, but the other dogs, like if, 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 if I have a dog that's running up to meet another dog and they have to lay down, it can create a lot of tension and vulnerability because the other dog is just pinned down on the ground and they're not to get up. And that's like basically meeting some guy with their hood up in the alleyway with your hands behind your back and you can't, you're, that's it. That's all you got. Hopefully it works out. Hopefully this person, hopefully, and it creates vulnerability and it's not natural. So and and I'm not saying it's bad because you could have some really playful puppies that are just working on their you know working on their obedience and they're just like having a hard time being not rude. So I'm not saying by like a grand macro of like that's terrible to do. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that that could create some tension because the dog that's on the down is more focused on the owner not getting in trouble than they are on the dog in front of them, which could throw your dog off. And then you guys give the dog pressure back, and then your dog snaps, and it's just kind of this whole un. It's like not, it's not real. It's, it's, it's not, it's not, um, what do I want to call natural? Um, I think, you know, so anyway, that's besides the point, but it makes sense. You know, if you have a dog that is, has tension built up or you have a dog that again is vulnerable and unsure of something, right. It'd be the, it'd be like if you guys were watching a kind of like a thriller or a scary movie and then all of a sudden bang, something happens in the other room and you guys all jump because you're already on edge. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you're already like, oh man, oh man, oh man, your heart's racing. And then you're like holding your breath and then like a broom falls in the other room and you guys both jump. You're like, holy crap, you know? So yeah. so think about that, that when your dog is going up, these are the types of things that may be happening. These are the types of things that your dog may be feeling where she's like, just suspicious, I guess. Like, who are you? Right. Do I, you know, or how, how is this, alter, you know, how is this going to go? How is this, how is this um, it, um, encounter going to go? And she's just kind of like unsure and she could be unsure again because vulnerability, insecurity, her maturity, something that we'll talk about in a minute. But, and then you guys, so she's sitting there trying to think if she's going to get pounced on or she's going to get licked or she's going to get attacked or whatever. So she's just unsure. And then you guys kind of yank her back and then that detonates that. So that's kind of like that, that thing. We shouldn't, we shouldn't do that. Well, I think well, I think you should have it one way or the other. I think you should either be all in and say, go meet the dog, and no pressure, no tension, or not. I, I don't think you should have both because that's going to create tension. That's going to create restriction. I When I let her meet a dog, I keep the leash loose, you know, no yeah. tension. But I, I know that's that can cause a trigger. Um, but she's still, like, when I see that she's – you can tell when she's starting she, like, to tense up her mouth, and she you starts, know? you can you know, obviously when she starts growling or her, her lips start to flare up, then that's like, okay, she's going to, she's going to bite. Sure. So that's pull back. But yeah, we do um, keep that leash loose in that, especially for that reason. It still happens. Yeah. Yeah. And if it still happens, then you just have to say, 
it's a very, and I know it's difficult, um, especially for dog owners who don't understand like where this, um, aggressive behavior comes from. I can understand where you're like, I don't, you know, you, let's give it a try. But then the other option is to just not let her go up to these dogs. And I think, I think it's important for you guys to like set your dog up for success um, more than anything. So if you're starting to see her start to really kind of fade away from liking other dogs or um, enjoying these, because she, she doesn't like it. So what's the point of it? Other than you guys being fulfilled and the neighbors being like, oh, cool, our dogs are playing. Like there's no ROI on it at all. She doesn't like it. It causes conflict. You're nervous. She's nervous. The other dog's nervous. There's, there's literally no point in doing it other than feel, just just saying that you did it, you know? So, but, but, but listen, I do understand that, wow, well, life would be a lot easier and it would be a lot more convenient if our dogs could be okay with all the other building dogs. And I totally understand that. And I'm not saying that that's unrealistic and I'm not saying that that's far-fetched because it isn't. Like if you have a friendly dog, you have a friendly dog. But what's frustrating for you guys and is kind of kind of hanging you up and I don't blame you is, well, she was fine and now she's not. So what's the deal? But I try to, I try to tend to like really kind of focus, like kind of take your focus as dog owners and say, look, this is, you guys got to pay attention to what's in front of you right now. Because if you, if you continue to think about why, when, what, how, what, I mean, it's part of it. And it's something that is something that you guys should still think about. And I'm not saying that it's not a good idea to think about, but what I'm saying is, is you guys get her right now and go outside. You just have to think of like success. What, what does my dog actually want? So for me, if I were you, I would just say like, look, the last seven times she's had either a dog come up to her or her go up to a dog under these circumstances. We'll talk about the circumstances in a minute. She hasn't enjoyed it. It's not been good. So then for me as a dog owner to try to set everybody up for success, my neighbors, my community, and my dog, I would just say like, hey, we're in training. I'm going to keep moving or we're going to avoid the, and I know you are avoiding these situations. And I think some dog owners would be like, oh, that's failing. That's not right. And, and I, and, and I, that's, those are all natural things to feel, but it's totally normal to say like, it, it, you know, it's, it's just like, if you didn't like going out to a crazy bar scene, you, you're just going to walk past that street and you're not going to go down it. That's not for you. You're like, nah, you're going to go to the next street where you're going to go have tea on the corner. And that's totally cool too. But I think my point is, is by avoiding situations that you don't like, or it makes you uncomfortable, it's not bad. It just is setting you up for success for you to be happy. So when, go ahead. When we take her to the dog park where we can take the leash off and let her roam around, you know, we, I do notice that she does ignore the other dogs for the most part. She likes to just run around, see if there's a cat or a mongoose, you know, yeah. and look at the fence. And for the most part, dogs that come up to her, she ignores it. So it's kind of making sense that maybe she doesn't really care to play with other dogs. Right. Uh, and then some, but then every now and then a dog will be running around and then she'll join in on the fun. Sure. But, um, yeah, well, so I guess what I'm saying is, it, you know, maybe, yeah, she just doesn't really care to play with other dogs and it's very selective which dogs. Yeah does want to play with i mean luckily she likes our other dog here in the house so 
yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no issue there. Um, although she does kind of r- play roughly with her. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And if, but if it's, it's just when we have the leash on her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I, and I understand that. And, and that's where like you guys have to delegate and advocate for successful situations. Like if you go to the dog park or you go to a park or you go to an off leash area and you're in your head, you're like, my experiences so far in the last five months of data, four months of data, four weeks of data has told me that she doesn't in particularly really like meeting dogs on leash because of these four reasons. So instead of trying to say, well, we want we want you to like it. And, and to be honest, if you really zoom out and look at the macro, the only reason why you want her to like it is because it's more convenient for you guys. That's it. There's really nothing else. It's not like, it's not like you guys get a percentage off your rent. If your dog is friendly with the other dogs, it doesn't, there's no point. So, and, and I say that just because a lot of people don't even think about that because my point is, is people get really frustrated. They're like, come on, I don't understand. It's like, but wait a minute, stop for a second. Why do you care? It's like, well, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. It's like, well, if she doesn't like it, don't push her. You know, it's like your kid want your kid does not want to play soccer, and you're like, go to go to practice, and they're miserable, and they're crying, and they lose sleep, and they're they're it's just not what what who really do you, you know what's the what's the point here? So my point is is, I think if you guys like know what she likes, then you're gonna so instead of going out every day and being like, let's flip a coin and see what happens, you guys can very simply say we're gonna walk her to the dog park. And we're going to avoid, not necessarily avoid, but you're going to avoid problems. You don't necessarily have to avoid all dogs. But if you know that Karen down the road is walking by with her three Maltese on flexi leashes barking at you, you might go the other way. But anybody that comes up with another dog that decides to have a chat, you just put her in a sit and you body block and you say, hey, you know, oh, can I, oh, can they meet? Oh, no, sorry. She's, she's a little weird on the leash. We're actually heading to the park and you just keep moving. So you guys just have to adapt and have to learn how to set yourself up for success by blocking out every opportunity of having a flip of a coin where you say, Hey, every time that we unhook her off this leash and she runs in this park, she has a great time. She's fine. She doesn't care. She, she's really not like you're saying, she's really not that social. She chooses not to play, which makes sense because it doesn't sound like she really enjoys it anyway. And that's where her fun is. And that's where her off leash is. That's where some of her good experiences with some other dogs in particular, like the dogs that she is particularly likes. That's where that comes from. But I think every, everything else I would just like my dogs like that. My dog is the same dog as your dog. When I, she's, she's very well trained. And when I'm out with her, she doesn't like other dogs. She's she, but I don't want to say she doesn't like other dogs. She just really there, she does not care to socialize, to play, to talk, to meet. There's some dogs who are opposite. Certain breeds can also protect that, predict that genetically. You know, you get like that really happy-go-lucky golden that's wagging their tail and wants to meet and kiss everybody. That's just kind of genetically how they were put together to some degree. Um, and, and then there's other dogs who just care not to. Look, my dog Lakota is like that. She's very well-trained. She has... 100,000 hours of training into her. She'll do anything I want in three different languages. And she doesn't want to do any of that. If I walked her, if I was in your situation and I walked her to the park so I can play fetch it with her, I would be not letting any dog come up to her. I wouldn't be letting anybody try to have them meet with her because that, that why? My, dog, my dog's got enough friends. We're good. 
you know, without being rude to these people and you can be social and be friendly and be active and just, but, but I think it's, I think again, it comes down to you guys maybe getting a little uncomfortable to stop. Oh, wait, no. And they're like, what? That's weird. And you're like, well, but, but then maybe just avoid those people and act like you're talking on your AirPods and read a book and walk away. These are just things you'll have to start practicing. But again, with my dog, I would never let another dog she didn't know come up to her because I know she wouldn't like it. And I'm going to advocate for her. And I'm going to step in front of this other dog and this other person. I'm going to say, hey, my dog really doesn't like other dogs. She doesn't know in her face. Please control your dog. But I never, I would never put her in that. I wouldn't get on public transportation. I wouldn't go to a dog park. I wouldn't be around. But I know that it's inevitable in some places who live in cities. That's the only place your dog can run. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, again, you got to read between the lines of what I'm saying. But then if I went to the park and played fetch with her, she had the time of her life. As long as no other dogs are like up her ass trying to figure out like, ooh, ooh she, she doesn't care about, she doesn't like that stuff. And again, if you really zoom out and you think about it, you're like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense. I don't really like everybody that I don't know running up to me in, in my face. But I think we have this idea that if our dogs don't like go and play with every other dog that is also playful and nice and friendly, that we have a problem. And, and I totally empathize towards that because I think that that's just like what was taught to us or what is the norm. And I think people look at you like, what's wrong with your dog? Like nothing. My dog just doesn't like dogs that they don't know. Do you, you know? So I just, I think you guys are doing everything right. And I think, you know, we can really talk all day about what had happened or maybe nothing had happened. But one thing to consider too is leash reactivity is very common for the reasons we've already talked about, but also there's a maturity thing that's going on. If we think she's between that one and two year mark of like, you know, she's just, she's still young. Yeah. Yeah. She's still figuring herself out. So when you guys got her, when she was younger, she may have been a little bit more like playful, more, more, more puppyish, if you will. And now as she starts to mature and she hits that maturity of like, okay, I'm going to be a grown up now or an adult dog. It's, it's also very common for dogs to just not, it's just the same thing with us. Like we don't sit around and like eat fruit loops and watch Barney all day anymore because we're adults, right? That's just different. We, we think differently. We have different objectives. We have different interests. Um, we don't really care to do that stuff anymore. We're, we're not kids anymore, you know? So those are some things to consider. So could it be possible that it, it's, it's just a phase? Too, yes. Or yeah. Could be a phase or it could just be the new her. The new her. So we just have to adjust. Right. Yeah, and um, I, think, I think you guys, I think at the end of the day, no matter what we throw at this situation, you guys just have to like be very binary with it. Just be like, this is where she's at right now. It could be a phase. In a couple of weeks, she may like all of a sudden freak out and get so excited to see a dog. And you're like, oh, this is, yeah, go ahead. But I think right now, to take the stress off your plate, like almost completely, and the worry off your plate almost completely, is you just have to kind of follow her lead of like what she's comfortable with. Okay. That way there's no problems. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and, yeah. and I think that that's what a lot of dog owners stress about. And they, they you know, watch a lot of videos and they're like, what's wrong? What did I do? What? And it, it's good that you guys are doing this research and it's good that you guys are educating yourself because you're going to have a lot more information than the average dog owner. But I think it's also just, it's something that a lot of dog owners struggle with is they think there's a problem. There's no, it's again, it's like if your kid, you know, doesn't want to be the athlete or the, the, the jock football star, and you're like, Oh, is there a problem? It's like, no, they just like technology and like software instead. It's not a big deal. It's just, it's, you know, 
So I think you just have to like not get stressed about those things. And, and I, and I'm telling you as a professional who has worked with hundreds of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dogs and has educated millions of people, I can tell you that if your dog has just decided to not be interested in something else, maybe because of their maturity or their environment, or they're just done with it, it's totally normal. And it's your job to kind of help them through that and guide them. But more importantly, advocate for them to say like, Hey, I had a dog that did that. My St. Bernard, he was a therapy. Like he just loved dogs. He, he was good. He went to daycare. He was great. And then he hit like four or five and he just stopped. He's like, I'm over it. And it wasn't a training thing. It wasn't like, oh, I, cause it, that, cause that's, that, it, that's something I always talk about, you know, being a professional dog person and, and primarily working with behavior modification. I couldn't train him to like other dogs. He didn't like other dogs. He would never go after other dogs or he would never, but if they came up to him, there'd be a big problem. So I spent the, the, the last seven years of his life when he was alive advocating for him and making sure that I was watching my environments, making sure that I was grabbing dogs that were off leash and bringing them back to their owners. Those are just things that I did. And, and again, at, at the very most, it was an inconvenience like by a little bit because I was like, oh, I can't just not worry, right, or whatever. Okay. Um, so, okay. That all makes sense. And then, so, like, what about, um, well, I've been watching, the, like, walking her on the leash and then her try to, like, so normally um, when I walk her, I make her come to the side, off the sidewalk, mm-hmm. I make her sit, I make her look at me so she's not looking at them. And mm-hmm. so she does that, and that's totally fine. But just the other day, um, we were walking, and then this group of five women were walking all their small little floofy yappy dogs, um, and they had high energy, and the owners were anxious because the dogs were all yapping, and anyway, it's just a lot of yes, high energy. it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, we were walking against, uh, uh, you know, towards them, and then I went around the car on the street, so we're not on the sidewalk, and um, in that energy, then she lunged. Um, so I, I just. I mean, it's so, fine to yeah. near that, but... I can give you some advice on that. Um, so, so is she motivated by, by anything? Does she like anything in particular, like, a lot? I, um, she, she likes treats, um, but, yeah, I can't find a toy to work with, okay. like you have. And that's a... Squeaky ball. Yeah. We just got squeaky balls that she loves. You can try that. Here's, here's what... <laughs> yeah, good, good. Here's what I would do is... So there's a couple different things, you know, that you have to consider and, and also too, like don't, but don't be stagnant in your techniques and your exercises, you know? So like, don't, don't say it like for there, like if you go up and there's a bunch of yip yappers and you put her into a sit and she doesn't do well with that, don't keep doing it. What's the definition of insanity? You know, trying the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So what I would do is just switch it up to say, hey, like, let's see what else I can do. And what I would do in the beginning is I would get that really high reward. So like chicken, steak, cheese, but chicken and steak would be better because that's more natural and it's, you know, semi-healthy for them. Um, And get that, get a squeaker, put it in your treat pouch and go out and just let her soak a little bit. Let her know what you got. Don't feed her breakfast faster. No breakfast for you. She's hungry. She's motivated. She's eager. She's focused on you. She's engaged with you and try to teach her what you really want. You go out, you give her a break. You see some dogs, you see a distraction. It doesn't have to be dogs. You can 
work on this with a squirrel or a ball that's, you know, floating around in the, the park or something. And you come out and you just give her a break and just let her sniff, let her be a dog. You can scatter feed her a little bit. You take that chicken, you shred it up and you just throw it on the ground. She starts eating it. She looks at the dogs and then she keeps going back to eating. You're rewarding her. Yes. Good girl. Good. Leave it. Good. And so, and then the other thing you could do is just let her soak. So a part, a lot of her issues from what you've told me so far has been frustration and vulnerability, right? So if you're making her do, you're forcing her sit, boom, put your butt on the ground and watch what happens. She's like, I can't sit. What if they come over? They're barking at me. What if they attack? I don't feel comfortable, right? So just give her a break. Let her be a dog. Let her stand. Don't ask her to do anything. Don't tell her to sit. Don't tell her to down. Don't tell, just let her soak. And she looks at the dog, squeak your treat pouch. She looks at you. Yes, you pay her. She goes, holy shit, that's chicken. I'm starving. And then you take a step away from the dog in the other direction where her head is now facing you and her butt is towards the dog and you pay her and you pay her and you pay her and you give her a break. She's turned sideways again. She looks at the dog, squeak. She looks back at you. You pay her. You're countering all of that behavior to decrease the, the build because there's other dogs that are approaching that are clearly out of control, barking, being reactive, you know, doing normal pet shit, honestly. I mean, 80% of people are like that with their dogs, completely out of control and just non-existent in relationship. It's terrible. But, and she looks at that and she's like, oh, there's all these dogs. What do I do? And you go sit down. She's like, sit down, but, but down. Right. And you're, you're kind of forcing her down. What I would do is just take, take some chicken and just sl- scatter feed it on the ground and make her work for the food on the ground. And then before you know it, the dogs are gone. She's like, that was a great experience. I can't wait to do that again. And then you can try some other things. So, my, so that's just like two exercises that you could start to do to really start to like, don't force her to, and, and again, this is with you guys, like don't force her to sit maybe because it may make things worse because that's what's happening to you in the beginning is she sees another dog and she may have an opportunity to go and see the dog. And then she gets there and she starts to growl and you tug on her leash, boom, she, ex- she explodes, she detonates. So instead of like forcing her into a position that she has to stay in and making her feel vulnerable or insecure, she's like, I'm, we're, we're under attack, mom, and you're making me sit down. What are we going to do? You know, and that's, that's maybe how she's seeing it. I'm not sure. But, but if you just kind of flip the script and you just give her a break and she looks at the dog and she's kind of like building a little bit and she may be interested. She's like, what's going on over there? And you go squeak, squeak. And she, her ears flip around and she flips around to you and you pay her with chicken. She's like, what the hell? Where'd that come from? And you just make it an enjoyable experience. And now every time that she sees a dog or she sees another distraction, she's going to look at you and go, Hey, every time this happens, then this happens. So those are some like reconditioning exercises that you can try too, instead of just cramming her into a sit and letting her figure it out. It's just like one thing. Yeah, yeah let's try it. <laughs> and oh, then I, it I, yeah. That kind of leads, um, I don't know too soon for this, but it, what you said, um, works sometimes when she with these other dogs, but she had this very intense prey drive. Mm-hmm. So if she was, bird especially a flying bird uh, or our cat here in the house she's so hyper focused on it and literally anything we do like she will not she will not look at us um yeah. treats she gets, like stiff you, you know it's a great house right so she and i mean even the other day we were at the um the beach um in this low tide area and mm-hmm. she saw the 
she was playing with the dogs and she saw these birds flying and she just took off and she must have ran a quarter mile down like she just there was nothing we could do um so i so we know the e-collar is going to help mm. but like i haven't started that because i just want to do everything yeah. right and then you know i don't want to have the wrong timing and all that stuff so i mean i watched your videos but i figured this series is going to be more detailed so i was just yeah, the course is going to be helpful. Um, and just one thing to just speak on the Greyhound. If you can get that prey drive out and utilize it into a tug or something, like get a tug or get a, like a squishy toy with a squeaker and just put it on a long line, you know, yeah. and just like rip I, it around I, the yard. What's that? Um, I had one of those. Prey poles? Pole things, yeah, but she didn't, she didn't care about it. <laughs> okay. I used a remote control car and she loved it. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> she she loved, but then like so fixated on it that like when we turned it off, like she would just she stare. Was, like, she was, yeah, there's you know there's there's some creative things you can do with that obsession though, um, because you can use that to your advantage. You know, there's certain audibles that you can pair with the with the toy car, right? So if she loves that toy car. She's obsessed with it. Like anytime you have a behavioral problem. And at any point in the dog's life, you can find an obsession. It's a really good like first move to say like, hey, I think this will take her away from this state of mind or this will take her away from this. And I think if you, um, if you wanted to get creative with it, you could pair an audible with that, um, with that, um, with that toy car. So if you, if you got like the, if you got like, so you could do you could do anything like it's called it's just basic conditioning so if the if the to, if the toy car came out and you squeaked a toy or you you played a certain thing on your cell phone or whatever whatever's like you when the car comes out the sound comes out so she's pairing the sound to the car meaning like if you go grab your leash and she goes oh i know what that means i'm excited right, right. you could also use that when you're out and you're doing reactivity so say you get the car out and you put a squeaker on it or you put something on it that makes a noise and it's associated and it's paired and she knows that sounds means the car and she's obsessed with it. Well, when you're out and, and to me personally, I think it to make easier sense. Just use the squeaker. The car comes out, squeak. The car goes a little bit, squeak. The car goes a little bit. She's chasing the car and one, one of you is controlling the car. The other person's squeaking, squeak, 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 squeak. She's like, Oh, this is, these are paired. This means something. And when you're out, you can simply just, when you're same thing I was just saying is you're out. She sees a dog squeak. Whoo. Her heart jumps through her chest. She's like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And you pay her with chicken. She's like, that's nice too. And so you just take all of this like anticipatory, excited behavior and push it towards like a very positive outlet. So anyway, so I just was. When she's like in that prey drive mode, I mean, when she stays in the car, she's not really like super into prey drive mode, um, but, but she is. Um, mm -hmm. So she can still hear us. Mm -hmm. Like when she's in prey drive mode, because like, you know, I can't tell that she can hear us. Like, there's yeah. no seeing she's like stiff as a board like yeah there's 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 certain things that you can do as a handler too to kind of re like pull her out of that situation and and we're also developing a leash reactivity course and we're talking about this often too is a lot of times dogs will give you like a like a zero through ten type of thing like they'll give you a ramp up so they'll go like they'll go from zero to ten that's exactly how it sounds like they'll get excited and then they'll explode you know, so do, 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 right. And so that's kind of like your job as a handler to, to get her out of that state of mind or to pull her out of that state of mind. So she has an opportunity to be more successful. 
And I think a lot of people like wait for the dog to get really reactive and then they try to pull them down off a level 10 and it's way more difficult and or impossible for a novice or inexperienced handler, right? You're taking an animal that has this intuition or this protectiveness or this aggression or whatever it is that's making her do this. And you're basically trying to say, no, don't. (laughs) Okay. It's like a bear, like ripping apart fish in the stream. Stop. I like fish. (laughs) Don't kill them. Yeah. See how much they care about that, right? It's like this intuitive primal thing. And, and, and I think what you should be more focused on is, is, is instead of how to like turn that switch off. Cause I don't think that's on, I don't think that's realistic. I think you should start really watch and film yourself working with her, watch her body language. We just did a seminar this past weekend and we really just, I told people to just watch the dog. I'll tell you what's happening, but just watch the dog. Don't look at me. Watch the dog. And the dog would do something, and the whole crowd would go, oh, wow, I, I see it. And I'm like, yeah, if you guys just pay attention to what you should be looking at, you know? So yeah. that's those are the types of things I would be doing. Okay. Okay. So like getting a, so getting a long line out. So if you're in an environment where there's going to be constant dogs, like maybe outside of your building or something like that, if you live in a busy area – you can get a longer line, like a 10 to 15 footer. And, um, same thing kind of is like you, she, she starts to build and you say her name, you tell her to come. If she doesn't, you correct her, say, Hey, get your butt over here. Recall is recall, but she's got to have a good recall in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So you have to have stepping stones to that. So those are things that you can do. Um, and again, I think doing the scatter feeding and doing the other things, but right now, if you're going out, and she starts to build on another dog and you stop and you crank her into a sit and she reacts. I think that that's a, that's a, that's an equation that makes sense to me. Okay. That doesn't surprise me. Okay. Um, also so another question um, is, so we had the prong collar from your website. Mm-hmm. Um, you put it, you know, behind the ear, but it is constantly slipping down and yeah. I, and I put it and it feels pretty snug on her neck. And if I take, I took out another a link and yeah. It won't close, so I don't... What, um, what size gauge do you have? Do you know? I have the 2.25. Okay. Sometimes, like, so you have a Greyhound, so they have, yeah. like, a Pringle can neck, you know, like like Adobe. Like, we, have, you know, if you work with Adobe, their neck is like a giraffe, and it just naturally yeah. slides down. If you get, yeah. like, a stockier, like, bulldog or, like, American bully or, like, a shepherd, they have all this fur, and it's it's, like, they don't have as long as neck. So it's inevitable for those things to happen. Um, the other thing that you can do is if you feel like she's – the prong is great. I'm not talking you out of the prong. But another thing that you could simply do is you could get uh, like a slip leash um, that has a tab that kind of keeps that that keeps that keeps uh, leash and that pressure in position more properly without uh, it sliding down because you just literally sink it up. You just take the tab and you zoop right up to where you need it, and it doesn't slide down because it sticks into place. But, um, but it's, yeah, it's normal. It's normal for these things to happen. You just, you take the prong and you put it back up and you just kind of work through it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's all you can really do. And, and, and the only reason why this is happening is because greyhounds don't have super long hair. They don't have an insulator. It's just like this one coat of really fine hair, almost skin. And it's a Pringle can neck. So those are, that's like a recipe. It's a slippery neck. Right. It just, it's normal. So, so it's, it's normal. And, 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 you know, again, if you had this big Akita or Newfoundland, we wouldn't be having this conversation. It would be a lot different. So, but I should still keep moving it back. Yeah. It's normal. You just readjust it. You readjust it. You know, just take anything else, right. If you're like 
working on something and you have to readjust your clip or your shoulder or whatever like that like you just did right oh yeah right so same thing you just like oh it's it's more comfortable here or it's better position here that's it that's it it's normal as you're moving and you're active your dog is doing the same thing they're moving around and it slides down and they're flexing and they're putting their head down they're putting their head up they're putting it over and you just slide it back up that's all it's normal i know it's kind of sucks but alternatively i would just get a slip leash that can kind of um you know get closer there yeah, so actually I trained her how to um, walk straight with the slip lead, and then I switched to the prong because she did swing. But when I have her on the slip lead, uh, she, she pulls. Like, still, now, we just used it the other day, um, but she won't pull as much with the prong, so that's why I um, stopped using the slip. Yeah, and that's, that's you know, that that's why we kind of um graduate to the prong but so then just use the prong and just slide it up that's it it's just part you know it's just part of dog training you know it's just it's like it's it's like dog training is like any other animal thing it's like horsemanship or you know it's it's, it's not always like perfect and you're gonna have to adjust and slide things up and move things around and just be physical and it's just it it, it's it's normal for those things to happen put the slip lead on underneath so the prong you can do that yeah 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 well, we just got a new one so we'll, we'll figure it out yeah um, and then um i guess well my my i mean my other big thing is the engagement while we're with her outside mm-hmm. um but i feel like yeah i i would just say from what you've already told me i think you just have to teach her what you want, um, first of all, are you practicing this engagement inside? Um, no. There you go. That's okay. where you got to start. You can't, so anything, any, anything that you're doing with your dog as an animal, you have to teach first in almost like a clinical environment or as sterile environment as you can, and then you go out. It'd be like, it would be the difference between like hey, you want to play baseball? All right, well, tomorrow we're playing the Yankees, so suit up. And you're like, what? I'm not ready for that, <laughs> you know? So you, yeah. just have to, you just have to realize that anything that you're trying to teach a dog, you have to teach them in an undistracted, stimulated environment first before you apply what you want. I understand the, the, the reality is outside, but you can't teach something n- new it's you got to practice it first, and then you got to play the game. You got to practice and practice and practice, and then you play. Um, and then again, I would just switch up your your motivation. Like if you're using kibble or you're using some like dried, crunchy treats, and she's just kind of like meh, then you know switch to something else. Make it. She's an animal. She'll eat like she'll eat everything. She'll eat a mouse. She'll eat chicken. She'll eat a bird. She'll eat beef so just go to the store and get some white meat and boil it and chop it up put it in the fridge and the next day go out and and play with her and try to get her a little bit more motivated you know with something that's all so like i actually i mean i have treats and she is um her engagement is there when i have the treat pouch on my hip but when i don't have it there's no idea yeah, well that that's that's where, okay, good question. And so you 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 have to teach her like some you have to use some sort of cue to get her to focus on you. Okay? So let's let's paint a picture. We're going to teach her how to focus. Let's just say focus is the cue. Focus is the behavior we want. We want the dog to look at us. 
Okay, so we take the food, we put it to our face, we say focus. She looks at the she looks at the food at your face. Good focus. You pay her. Break. Good focus. You pay her. You do that for four or five days. You say focus. Boom. She's right on your face. She goes, I, I get paid from here. I know what this means. Once she knows the behavior well, and then you go out into reality and you say focus, and she knows it. Then you can start giving her some pressure, and then you can start giving her a little bit more punishment if she decides to say, "Yeah, I know what you want. And I'm not really just, I'm not just not going to listen to you." But right now, she doesn't know that she doesn't. What do you, you know what I mean? Like you're like, "Oh, I just want my dog to look at me and not look at anything else." Well, that that's that's like that's crazy to think about as an animal when you're outside. Like it's like putting a whale in a fish tank and saying, "Don't move." <laughs> okay. I'm going to sink. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, they have to, they're going to look. So you have to, what do you want them to do? You have to teach them what you want them to do in order to, you know, I always tell people in a quote, I say, you want your dog to have, you want your dog to behave without teaching them manners, essentially. How do you, how do you expect them to go out there and use their please and thank yous if you've not, you're not teaching them at home? Wow, look how, look how, you know, and you'll see that all the time with kids. It's like, man, your son or your daughter, they're so well-behaved. They're so polite. Yeah, I taught them that. They didn't, they didn't just like wake up one day and like know how to do it. You got to teach them. So my point is, is with new behaviors or with behaviors in general, you have to teach them these behaviors in an unreal, un, I'm sorry, in an undistracted environment so they know what it is. And then you can go out and start blending these in in realistic environments. But more importantly, if they know the behavior and you go out and you ask of it and they're like, yeah, not, not interested right now. There's other things going on. Then you can reinforce and you can correct the dog for not listening. And that's fair. But right now, if you go out and you say focus and she doesn't look at you and you correct her, she's like, what? What the hell do you want me to do? I don't Do you want me to sit? I'll sit. Right? So she's got to really know. Yeah. When you say correct her, what do you mean? Like just, just leash, on yeah, just leash pressure. Like, hey, 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 pay attention. Just a couple snaps, just to like get her attention back to you. And then if she does finally look, then reward her. Well, you would, yeah, you would reward her. You don't have to reward her with the food. You can just say good focus because maybe the the food will be like uh, if you actually do it. You have to be careful what you mark and what you reward, right? So if you say, hey, little Timmy, uh, we really, really want you to get A's in school. You know, and they come back with C pluses, and you're like, "Great, good job." They're like, "Well, that was C, being C students a little bit easier. Being A student, I'll just keep doing this." So you just have to be careful how you're marking those behaviors and how you're rewarding those behaviors at the time, because if she's looking, and this is just getting technical, you probably didn't ask for this, but I'll give it to you anyway. <laughs> if she looks at you and you're like, "Yay, good focus," when really it took you four or five times to get her attention, you may not be that exuberant about it. And some people actually don't even reward the dog when they finally do it because they're like, well, that sucked. But for me, with a dog, I give them the benefit of the doubt, and I say, hey, that was good, good job, but you're not going to get a piece of food for that because that wasn't as good as it could be. Okay. That's just my so, opinion. After, like, so when they look at you and then mm. you record them, and then do we always break after? or? Uh, well, like yeah, you would, you would um, yeah, you could, or you could just go into a new behavior. But you have, to, you have to be, again, you really have to think about what you want your dog to do. Like, is it going to be, there's all sorts of different jargon, like, um, yeah, yeah, there's, you know, there's different, there's different things that we can talk about, but you know, there, there's different, um, you know, terminal commands and terminal markers and, and all that mumbo jumbo. But I think if you ask your dog to like, okay, we ask a dog to sit. Yeah. Okay. And then you just walk forward. And then you're like, why aren't you healing? Well, you told the dog to sit. It's, it's, it's physically impossible for a dog to walk and sit at the same time. So you would say sit. 
You'd say, okay, now I want my dog to walk. Heal, right? But if you say focus, the command or the behavior or the cue is to look at you. And then if, if you say heal or you say whatever, technically because you didn't break the dog off the focus, they have to be looking at you all the time until you break. And, but that's just being technical, and that's what I would recommend. I think you should just do it right the first time. You say focus, the dog looks at you for an extended amount of time, and then you say break, and then the dog breaks out and does what they want. So you can do whatever you want is my answer. You could say heal, but you have to be prepared to understand that having your dog look at your face and walk forward at the same time is a competitive behavior that you have to work hard on. People work years on to get. So if you said focus and you said heal, she puts her head down, good heal. She's like, well, screw focus. That doesn't matter anymore. That's not as important. So, so again, just to get technical and, and, and it is what it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think mean, most of it. <laughs> yeah. We didn't, we didn't cover the leaving her at home. Her oh, yeah. Uh, well, we were trying to crate train her, but she does better out of the crate. And so it's, it's a whole other session probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can't really leave her at home too long. She just. She's anxious. You she know. just cries and barks. Yeah, we don't know where she came, what happened, but yeah, yeah, those are things you have to you have to you know work through and and um, you know you just you know exercise is really big. If you're leaving, she's got to have exercise, especially being a greyhound. They have a lot of energy to give out. So yeah, wow. it's a it's a there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, layers to to that. But um, that's like just overall suggestion of if you have a dog that's habitually barking at home when you leave. Um, I always tell people like a tired dog typically doesn't do that as much. So yeah, yeah. it's one thing to consider. Yeah. yeah. We're doing it. It's a process. <laughs> cool. But that's, I think that's mostly it. And we'll just put, put those into work. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Where do you guys live? We're in Hawaii. Ah, cool. Yeah, can I come out here? <laughs> We're love, waiting for you to come. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys and my wife both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd You're love expecting to. soon, right? Yeah, July. Oh, oh so nice. soon. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you said mongoose. And so I was like, when you said chase a cat or a mongoose, I was like, mm. That's our squirrel over here. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I don't, uh, I don't really know where mongooses roam, really. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.